0: We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, mm-hmm. we did. Everything, 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 everything is up discussion for discussion, and that's what rep culture is
1: about. It's about a thing. Yeah, I feel good. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. culture. Brunch Culture. Coul- What's going on, world? You are tuned in to episode twenty three of Brunch Culture. As always, I'm your host, Randall Keith, and I'm joined by my co host, Miss Lisa Victoria. What's up, y'all? All right, so we're gonna dive into this week in review. We had some pretty explosive things happen on the internet this week. Lisa, kick us off with the first story.
0: So Miss Kim Kardashian wanted to break the internet. Um, and she did so. I'm pretty sure you saw the picture of her posing with the champagne glass on her derriere. Um, she launched a campaign with a Paper Magazine called "Break the Internet." Some people have some things to say about the fact that she's a mother and she should have some clothes on. Um, one one of the um, authors of a magazine, the um, girl. Um, by, I think it's MSN. Is that MSNBC that this is made by? I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they said in response to the criticism, girl by, as it relates to, her having that on there. And they were like, um, just because she's a mother doesn't mean she can't show herself. And she tweeted, Kim Kardashian tweeted, and they say I didn't have a talent. Try balancing champagne, a champagne glass on your behind. LOL. Um, okay. Um. I guess that can be considered a talent. I mean, what do you think? Is that? I mean, I feel like as a man, you probably would think this is talent. I preferred that she put clothes on to be a better role model for young women. But hey, who am I? Uh, uh,
1: so I don't – I think we are probably bypassed the eight, the time where we expect Kim Kardashian to be a role model and we just expect Kim Kardashian to be Kim Kardashian. <laughs> um, actually, you know, it's, it's funny because looking at the spread, when I first saw it, um, actually, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. And then – I started reading more about a couple articles that were saying that, you know, she's playing to um, a lot of, like, historical uh, racial things of people saying about being basically commenting on the backsides of black women. And, you know, maybe I'm a little getting a little too deep with this one or kind of just with Kim Kardashian in general, but I kind of mentioned it last week, and I'm starting to notice how – I think about the Nicki Minaj's uh, recent uh, advertisement for the song "Anaconda." When that came out, you know, people started saying it was tasteless. A lot of networks and stations said, said that they, they wouldn't they wouldn't post it. She had to kind of censor it for it to go in certain stores, and. I think about that response to it in kind of – it became, like, this negative backlash. And then when Kim Kardashian put this out, I haven't seen anything from any, like, major news or or corporation saying that it's horrible. A lot of people are embracing it. And for me, it just kind of became one of those things, like, dang, man. I mean, Nicki Minaj did it. It was a problem. Kim Kardashian does it, and it's that thing. Like – are they not the same? You know what I'm saying. So, while I enjoyed it, I think just kind of surrounding it all together, uh, the, the images all together, I'm kind of like, ah, man, I, I just, I kind of think it's a double standard, and I don't know. You know, maybe I'm being too deep in it. Again, I thought it was nice. The pictures, the images are great, but I think when we start looking at how corporations are kind of supporting it and people are behind. it like, oh, yeah, this is great. It's art. It's artistic. And I'm like, yeah, well, Nikki kind of did it three months ago, and everybody had an issue. Everybody except our people had an issue. So, yeah.
0: I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so once again, you have the complexion for protection.
1: Um, <laughs> and I'm, the more, it's funny, the more you say that, the more I realize that there's a lot of truth to that statement. Um, but <laughs> In other news this week, John Legend and Piers Morgan uh, had a Twitter back and forth that kind of got a lot of people going uproar. I actually found out on Facebook and followed the story, read it, and contrary to what people expected me to have to say about it, um, apparently, and this is from this morning, I had a conversation with my best friend, but diving into the story, Piers Morgan basically wrote a piece in a column in the Daily Mail pretty much saying that if black Americans want the N-word to die, they have to kill it themselves. Um, His language was kind of – it's a lot more in-depth. We'll tweet the story out so you guys can follow it. But he pretty much made that statement, and John Legend replied with a series of tweets. His first tweet said, Y'all better thank Piers Morgan for providing that simple, straightforward solution to racism. So brilliant, why didn't we think of this? John Legend uh, also said if only this entire race of hundreds of millions of diverse people would agree on a vocabulary change, people would treat them better. Um Piers Morgan responded in the tweet saying, um, um he basically responded to him and he said that uh he doesn't he wasn't suggesting that he was trying to secure racism, he simply was saying that if he wanted the the N-word to not be used, if we wanted the N-word to not be used, then we shouldn't use ourselves. There's a lot of back and forth going back to it, but the biggest flaw that I saw in in it with John Legend was his response to Piers Morgan and saying that his his statement, his column piece was trying to cure racism. Well, from what I read, and I, I haven't been able to pull up the entire article, but from all of the reports on this and the snippets that they they put in, Piers Morgan wasn't trying to cure racism, he was trying to solve racism. He simply said, if we don't want the N-word to be used in mainstream media, we probably should stop using it ourselves and stop putting it in, in our music, because today, pop culture and rap music are one and the same, so if we don't want people to listen to popular music saying it, we probably should not put it in popular music. I think it's simple. I I put a post on Facebook saying that this is something that black leaders like Oprah Winfrey and Al Sharpton have been saying for years. Nobody gets an uproar when they say it, but as soon as Piers Morgan says it because he's a white guy, everybody's pissed off. And the craziest thing with that is, you know, while you can say it's uncomfortable for you to hear that coming from a white man, you kind of have to listen to the statement and realize that there's some truth in it. So it was a lot of – it was a, a really big deal. A lot of people had some strong, strong, passionate uh, comments and ideas about it. And I read some of it, but as always, I have to center myself with listening to – I'm sorry, reading comments on social media because some people just get flipped and out of out of hand, and I thought it was crazy. What did you think about it, Lisa?
0: Me personally I agree with you, Randall. I don't I don't see anything wrong with what he said. I don't think he was trying to cure racism. I think he's just making observations. That's a logical observation. And yes. like you said, black leaders have been saying that for years. Right. But if you you can't use a word commonly and have it in your mind have, it has a positive connotation. If you would go to my hitter, it, it means my best friend or, you know, when you think about it, it's on my hitter. But then when they say it, it means something derogatory. I exactly. mean, you just have to be consistent with the message. And that's exactly. all he's calling for is
1: consistency.
0: Right. Which is, that That's not racist. That's just common
1: sense. Exactly. That's. You know, it's so funny. So I had again, I had this long, long debate with uh my best friend this morning, one of my female best friends this morning, and I she just didn't seem to get that rhetoric. We were kind of dead bit on her saying that Pierce Morgan shouldn't be making that comment and he's looking down on the black race and he's basically picking on black people. And I'm like, yo, the dude has said he even tweeted that I am not trying to cure racism. I am not offering a solution to end all racism. I'm simply saying, if you want this to not happen, this should be done. Again, it's something that other people have been saying for years. So I don't know. It's, it's really crazy. And while I realize that it's tough and it's hard to hear that coming from somebody that's outside of the black community, I think that should be our argument. Our argument should be, hey, Piers Morgan, you're not black. You don't know what it is. It feels uncomfortable with you saying this. I hear what you're saying, bro, but we're not going to pay attention to you because you're not in the community. Like I can accept that as opposed to, yeah, he's entitled, he's a racist, yada yada yada. The man's not a racist. He, I don't know that he's a racist, but in this comment, based on him making this comment, this is making racist. It just makes him someone that's logical. That's a social commentator that he's been making social comment for years now. So I don't know. That's that was crazy.
0: Yeah. And it hinders the conversation on the topic with the other race if you think everything they say that's a critical analysis is racist. Exactly. They should just be making the observation and bringing that to the table and Just like we bring our critiques to the table about them being um having privilege, they should be able to bring their critiques to the table too. That's the only way dialogue is going to happen now it's not always comfortable. But if you want growth, you have to have those uncomfortable conversations and realize they can speak to an issue if they have a good point.
1: Most definitely. I 100% agree with you.
0: So we definitely um, want to move into our main topic this week. This week's main topic, I think, is something that every young adult can agree, uh, have some kind of understanding or dealings with um if you're a young or single adult marriage who picks the perfect timing parent or children and I know that my parents are ready for me to get married. I don't know about Randall, but I know mine are and I just did a speaking event last Saturday and after I got done speaking one of the ladies in the crowd was like, So when are you getting married? And I'm just like, Well oh, <laughs> hold on, where that came from? <laughs> um, it had nothing to do with what I spoke on. Uh, but so I think that we're around that age where people are okay, you're educated, career, you're in that vein, now it's time for you to have a an mate. And to be single is almost like looked down or frowned on, or if you're not, if that's not your main goal at this time, people are like, how is that not your main goal? Like, so. It's interesting. I think that pressure is on a lot of people. What do you think, Randall?
1: No, I definitely think it's true, and it's so funny because I think with my mom, um, even my stepmom, they definitely both with love for me to be married at this point. Um, I think because personally they understand my trajectory and, and, and my ambitions for my career, and not only do they understand it in terms of me talking about it, but they're able to see remnants of what I'm doing. So, to them, it's like, it makes sense. But it's very funny as I as I meet people, particularly older people, and the first thing is,
0: you're not married?
1: How old are you? Once you pass 25, you late. You late in the game. And I'm like, wait, 25? I'm supposed to be married by 25? If I pass 25, then I'm late because I'm not married? That whole thing becomes, it becomes very, very interesting because it's something that I feel like everybody wants to just immediately marry you off, um, and I know it's it too. Uh, some friends of mine talked about it shortly after graduating from undergrad that it seemed like that was just the thing that everybody just kind of wanted to rush and do. Now that you have a degree, it's time for you to just go off and get married. And oftentimes, you know, for me, my thing is if it's in the cards, if it works. Once upon a day, I was there in that mode thinking that, you know what, I got to do this soon. It's time to get married. And I think that, you know, for some people, that may be their path and that may work. But I think that it's completely, you know, okay for you to not be married at 25 or 27. Or you get to the point in your 30 and you're not yet married. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I think it's something that's hard for people in the older generation uh, to grasp and to, to believe in because they automatically think that, you know, you might want to go see somebody. You might <laughs> want to start talking to a relationship coach or something like that because you need to be married. You There's no reason for you not to be married. And it's like, wait a minute, hold on. I don't want to just get married because the whole world expects me to be married. You know, like there are more things that play into – being married or preparing for marriage than just this idea of I got a degree, I make money, now it's time to just get hitched, have babies, and sit home. That just don't make sense to me.
0: I agree. And I think that, I think one of the things that people are missing out on is you don't pick the right time where you meet the person. Right. I mean, I don't get the control when I meet who I consider to be it. Now, I think that some people have what they settled for while others have what they waited for. Mm. And I'm not in the business of settling, especially when it comes to that. So I wait for the right one, then settle for the wrong one. And so why I could probably possibly be with someone right now and potentially married, I don't think it was the one. And I don't think we can control. I think it's in God's timing when we meet the one. So I don't want to be pressured about that because I can't control it.
1: Right, and I definitely think you know it's so funny. I think that there's a lot of truth to what you just said. And I think back, I think everybody, particularly at this age, you've been in a relationship by now, and so there are things that you could have done to make that relationship work. Um, We all pretty much in college or shortly after has had that one very serious relationship in which you thought maybe have prepared for marriage and pushed towards it or, you know, was expecting it to happen. And it just didn't work out. And it's something that maybe you could have stayed and kind of forced forced it to work out. But you start looking at where you're at now and you start looking at where that person is now in life and you, you ask yourself, you know, had, we forced it, how much more damage would we have done? How much further away from my, my goals or, or, you know, my own maturity, my own understanding of myself and even myself in relationships, how far back would I be if I had just forced myself to to say, you know what, I'm just going to make this work and we're just going to get married because everybody expects us to get married. I think doing that and, Again, this is coming from me that's never been married, but I think in doing doing that, we created this opportunity for there to be a divorce, for there to be unhappiness, for there to be a lack of growth because we're doing something to please our parents or to please other people that may have – we may uh, give the right to have a say in our lives and not for truly and genuinely for ourselves. Um, it's interesting Though I there's this article I pulled up this article for Huff Post did earlier this year, and it's talking about millennials are marrying later than ever than every other generation. So they look at millennials and they look at uh, Generation X, uh, they look at baby boomers, and they look at the the silent generations, which particularly around the 1960s area era. So 65 percent of people. From the age range 18 to 32 during the silent generation, 65% of those people were married between the ages of 18 and 32. 48% were married in the baby-born age, uh, 36% during Generation X, and millennials, we're down to 26%. So we are getting <laughs> married way less than any other generation. The statistic says that about only 26% of of people from 18 to 33, um, of millennials ages 18 to 33, are married. Um, And I think when we look at this this bar graph, we'll put the article out. When you look at this bar graph, you see a trend, and you see how it's decreasing as time goes on, marriage Uh, between these ages are starting to decrease. It looks like a a step, that you're going steps down. And some of the things they attribute it to um, are a decrease in shotgun weddings. And shotgun weddings, you know, are she's married, you got to marry her, make it happen, it is what it is. Um, An increase in education and more societal acceptance of being single. And I think, you know, just personally, I think that's one of the biggest things I'm exposed to more. I've said this a number of times. I'm exposed to more. I have opportunities that my parents didn't have, my grandparents didn't have, a lot of the people before me didn't have. So for me, it's about learning these things, capitalizing on these opportunities, making sure that I'm being the best me that I can so that. When it's time to marry, I can give unselfishly everything that I have to give as opposed to saying, okay, well, you know what? It's time for me to get married now. Let's just make it happen. I'm going to run and get married. And then when it's time for me to sacrifice, when it's time for me to put my wife and kids and my family before me, I'm saying, nah, I ain't trying to do that because I want to go here. I want to do this, and I want to be there. And I still, in essence, want to be a single bachelor when I have all this responsibility. I just think that it's not the right way to go about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, and too, I think our generation, to bring balance to it, I think our generation is a lot more selfish. Um, mm. I think that we want what we want. We're used to getting what we want, and Bringing somebody that's a lifelong partner into the equation means a a denial of self and compromising. And I think that a number of things have become more convenient. One of my friends was talking about this today. Because sex is more casual and convenient, there's a less, um, I guess, the appeal of marriage becomes um, less appealing in a sense because a generation before most people, a lot of people held that for held sex for marriage. Mm-hmm. So I mean, even when you when you look at um, Steve Harvey's movie act like a act like act like a act like a lady, think like a man. And at the beginning when Kevin Hart did his narration and he said that in the olden days, men would have to, in order to sleep with a the woman, they would have to marry her. Now in this generation, you could take it to McDonald's and some women, that would be it. Or you don't have to take that anywhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> take um, it to McDonald's. That's all right.
0: And so because it's more accessible, because people are more selfish, people have less there's less appeal for marriage because why again, the old thing is, why buy the cow if I get the milk for free and so if you if you already have access to everything that marriage the pleasures of marriage without any other workings where I have to share my money, I have to share my private space, why in the heck would I do it, yeah. And I think this generation is just has that mentality in a lot of ways. Now, I'm not saying that's everyone's mentality, but uh, that's a lot of people's mentality. Why I give up my space, why I give up my total self when I can get the benefits
1: without the commitment. And so I, I, I follow that, but my only uh, issue with that is just that I think when we always think it's always – it's convenient to call out what's current now, right? It's convenient to call out, okay, and say, oh, well, you guys are just a lot more selfish. Well, I think if you look at generations past, you guys got married, but if we just look at statistically in the numbers, you're married, but how successful are those marriages? I think we have to look at, too, the differences in what what socially – is acceptable today, right? So women have a lot more ability to do things that they're a lot more equal to men than they were before. So back in the day it was a man was trying to get a woman to impress her. He had to take care of her. She would come home and kind of play this household this housewife role and the man was just to go out, provide, come home, lay it down, she has kids, he provides and it's just kinda of like this brick and mortar type uh, thought process and, and, and interaction. And not to say that, you know, that's completely wrong or it doesn't still happen today, but I think when we look at it, two other things that we have to just accredit a lack of people wanting to get married is that setup is not necessarily there. No longer do women need men in order to live, in order to survive. It used to be that the man would have to come to, the father and the mother to take the woman out of their home to come to his home. Well, the man ain't going to their house because they're going to her house. She has her own house. She's able to provide her own house and to provide for herself. So it's like when we look at those things too, just socially, the setup is a lot different than what it was back in the day. So we have more, we have more, more ability to, just kind of operate in a new space in a different way. And I just think that, you know, it's easy for people. And it's something that I'm a champion of making sure that, you know, we tell the whole story and not just say that, oh, well, our generation is just so bad and we're just so stubborn because back in the day they were stubborn. Back in the day you still had stubborn people, but just in order, structurally the way that things were set up, they had to go through those same things. Now were the men 100% faithful to their wives? Absolutely not. Was it accepted socially for a divorce to happen? Absolutely not. So oftentimes you'll see that you have these marriages that are staying together, quote, unquote, when people aren't necessarily the happiest or things aren't necessarily the way they should be, but because socially it's not right for you to divorce and for you to get married and it not work out. People just kind of stick in and just kind of make it work. No matter what that meant for other members of the family, and now people have the option. Women have the option to say, "Nope, I don't want that. Nope, I don't want that. Nope, I'm not accepting this. No, I'm not standing for this. I'm going to go out and do it for myself, and just you know wait until the time is right for me." So, true. I I think I think there's truth
0: to what you're saying. I think that. I think it's. I don't think it's either or. I think it's both and. Um, yeah. And so I definitely think that in this time that marriage is a lifelong commitment and nobody should pressure you into it. Right. I I don't think because nobody has to live there with your spouse but you, not your Mm -hmm. family, not your parents. They don't have to live there. So if you don't want to be there, don't make the commitment just because other people want you to do it. Because at the end of the day, you have to deal with that decision. If you want to be single be single if you want to be married work on that but don't let anybody force you into doing anything that you're not ready to
1: do. exactly true i can agree and so definitely guys we definitely want you guys to let us know what you think about it where are you at in terms of being married are you hearing from your friends your family members your parents your grandparents people that are in your circle hey it's time to get married you're here Or are you already married, and do you think that, you know what, I'm married. It's the best decision that I've made. I got married young. I got married, you know, when I was closer to 30, and it worked out. Give us your point of view. Let us know what you think. I think this is a conversation that no matter where you stand, your position can either help someone support where they're at and how they feel or just make a person think, you know, analytically and consider some other factors when they start thinking about, you know, being less selfish, being more committed, understanding what's the best way to go about this whole being a young professional and being single or making it out into a marriage. So hit us up, chat BC, let us know what you think, share your thoughts, and yeah, we'll look to have a good discussion this week. So Yeah, but we're gonna now transition
0: we're gonna move on to, to our... go ahead, Lisa. <laughs> we're gonna move on to our
1: random topic
0: so today's random topic is i don't know if it's random as such as it is disgusting um as i read the story i was just like oh so the headline of the story is man get impaled on shovel mm. um I don't even know how I can repeat this, but dude was fixing his roof, y'all. Trying to do himself, fell off the roof and impaled himself with a shovel. So the wooden part of the shovel went in his rectum. Yeah, I can't I can't even understand how painful. The doctor said he was screaming, and the doctor said, well, I can't blame him for being so loud. You think? I mean, I I don't know. I I just...
1: This story all together is just rough. It was hard to, as I was reading it, I cringed because I'm just like, yo, I just, they have a picture. There's a picture and you just see the guy with the the guy's legs and it's a shot of just kind of the, the guy's legs knee down and you see a shovel in between his legs and there's a... Medical person um, going to like they're gripping the the shovel, looking as if they're gonna pull it. The whole setup is just uncomfortable. It just seems like I don't know how it happened. I yeah, this whole thing is just it's it's crazy. It's extremely uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't see how this happened like this.
0: If y'all, if that ever happened to me, just, just somebody, just, I want to die. Like, I don't, I don't want them to take it out. Just
1: shoot me. And yeah. Then... It's funny you say that because I seriously, as I read it, I'm like, yeah, I think I probably would have just wanted somebody to just shoot me to put me out of my misery. Like, let's get over this. Oh, let's take him to the hospital. Let's let him scream. And let's try to figure out a way to get, no, just shoot me, bro. Like, just put me out of my misery. Just let him. Knock me out. I'm good. Thank you. I'm going home to meet, meet my maker. You know, tell, call my mom and tell her to get a black dress. Let's just make it happen. But, yeah, I don't know how one could survive that one. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. So, you know, don't fall off roofs and, um, because shovels are apparently some somewhere some there to catch your
1: fall in a way you don't want to be caught. Right. Pass on that. <laughs> on that. Well, this week's quote, guys, we're going to move into our quote of the week. This week's quote comes from the late, great Dr. Maya Angelou. The quote says, most people don't grow up. Most people age. They find parking spaces, honor their credit cards, get married, have children, and call that maturity. What that is, is aging. So this definitely ties into our main topic what we want to do and what I hope as young professionals today we are doing, we look at these marriage numbers and they are not what they used to be for the young professional age range. What I hope that we're doing is we're all trying to – we're on this journey of growing up. We're on this 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 journey of maturing and not just aging. We don't want to just get, you know, credit cards to get family to have children and just say that, oh, I'm mature because of that, but – we've kind of missed this self-development that we have access to, this self-realization and actualization that we have today. We want to make sure that we're capitalizing on those things. So remember that for this week. Take this one definitely for the rest of this week, but throughout your lives, remember that. The goal is not just to age. The goal is true maturity. And so we thank you guys for checking out this episode of Brunch Culture. We want to make sure that you guys are staying connected with us, Visit our website at www.brunchculturebc.com. Make sure you sign up for our email list. Our email list is going to keep you guys up to date when we have new shows that are big that are coming out, and anytime we're post sending out any new articles, any type of fun facts that we're going to have, you guys can stay connected to us here at Brunch Culture as we grow, you grow too, and you get information first. Make sure that you check us out on Twitter, at Brunch Culture, on Instagram, at Brunch underscore Culture, and on Facebook.com, BlackFast, backslash Brunch Culture. Remember, here at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion.